everyone, you're listening to Volumes of Fear. Before we begin our show, we have a special message from someone really important with East Ridge Public Radio. That's the radio station where our show is broadcasted and recorded. They're nice people, and I really like... Uh, uh, Winston, just, just play the tape. Let's get the little warning over with. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, here is the message from a big executive person at East Ridge Public Radio. Hello, my name is Bernard Saint-Pierre Gugliotta, and I am the sensitivity officer and assistant directing supervisor of people and human affairs for East Ridge Public Radio. It is my duty to provide a disclaimer that the following program you're about to hear is not politically correct or sensitive in any fashion. In fact, it is quite appalling and- Looks like there's an issue with the playback machine. I better call Theodore. No, Winston, the, the machine is just fine. The message is just a bit long and, well, unnecessary. And we've got tales of terror to dispense. Oh, you bet we do. Uh, hit the button, Winston, and unleash all the terror. Prepare yourself. For a tale of terror and suspense. Presented by Crimson Knight Productions. This is Volumes of Fear. Welcome to Volumes of Fear, my loyal lunatics. We're so thrilled that you have decided to spend a small amount of your life enjoying the sordid and horrific tales that we conjure up here on Volumes of Fear. And the following story is surely one that you will never, ever forget. A familiar voice will be heard in the form of Paige Booker. Paige, a heroine in a story past, joins us once more and finds herself in a situation that at first seems normal and safe. But, as she soon discovers, her situation is anything but normal and safe. How will it end for Paige? Will only good things come her way? Or is the danger in front of her to be her end? Give a listen to this terrifying episode of Volumes of Fear called Just Ask Hans. It had been six months since Paige began her employment with Eastridge Public Radio. Her cousin Wanda, a news anchor with the radio station, had gotten her the job there. And while Paige was grateful for the employment, she also knew that it wasn't quite the adventure she thought it would be. For you see, Paige wasn't given the opportunity to produce the cutting-edge news stories like her cousin. Instead, she had found herself toiling away as a lowly production assistant on a program that she found rather uninteresting called... Just Ask Hans. The content of Just Ask Hans dealt with the supernatural and macabre, and was hosted by Hans Dreidelman, an expert in all things paranormal and ghostly. Yet Paige was unamused by the program, and she was also frustrated by what she felt was a lack of opportunity to do more exciting assignments at the radio station. Late in the afternoon one day, while working on an assignment for Hans and his program, Theodore, the station's technician, stopped by her cubicle. 
This is so boring. Hey Paige, you going up to Fisherman's Wharf tonight? They're having all-you-can-eat Rocky Mountain oysters. Oh, hey, Theodore. No, I've got to work late tonight, actually. I'm going to be the gopher for Hans Dreidelman's show. And just the very idea of eating Rocky Mountain oysters sounds revolting. You're going to be working late as the personal assistant for Just Ask Hans, huh? That's a bummer. Tell me about it. He's a really nice guy, but this show is so not my thing. I couldn't care less about Bigfoot, or werewolves, or vampires, or whether or not the Loch Ness Monster is a vegan. What does he have you working on now? He's got me listening to his old episodes and taking notes, so we can collaborate on a Greatest Hits episode for him. Wow. Yeah, not fun. But hey, your life isn't that bad. At least your name isn't Theodore. Oh, come on. We've talked about this. You could always go by Ted. Nah, my late brothers Toddly and Thaddeus did that. They were Todd and Tad, respectively. I guess I wanted to be my own man. Well, that and there was this dude I went to high school with named Ted, and he was a real oaf. You could say he was brainless. As Paige and Theodore continued conversing, Doug, the station's manager, approached Paige's cubicle. Paige? Theodore? Hey, Doug. Uh, Theodore, there's some sort of mess that Randy made on the soundboard in the studio. Can you take a look at it? Yeah, no problem. Good. Scurry off, Space Monkey. And Paige, uh, what are you working on? I'm finding audio clips from Hans Dreidelman's previous shows and putting together a Greatest Hits episode for him. You're scheduled to be the production assistant tonight for his program that airs after the news, correct? Yes, sir. Well, what if I were to offer you the opportunity to get away from that? Maybe do something different, a little more important? Anything. I mean... I suppose I could use the break to help out with anything else? No need to be polite. Assisting him is about as much fun as cutting the webbing between your pointer finger and thumb. Moving on, are you familiar with our news segment, Get to Know Eastridge? A little bit. That's the news segment about residents doing interesting stuff, right? Right. Normally I'd have Curtis or Wanda produce it, but Curtis is still working on his special project, and Wanda has been busy with a story about the Eastridge Ripper killings. Yeah, I heard about the East Ridge Ripper. Yeah, a real sicko. Late last night, he apparently claimed his fourth victim in as many days. Some door-to-door salesman this time. With both Curtis and Wanda tied up, I need someone to produce the Get to Know East Ridge segment for tonight's news. Are you up for it? You mean, like, I get to make my own story and not listen to this schlock anymore? Yeah. Any issues? Uh, no, sir. What or who should I do the story on? Recently, a resident named Louis Toadman returned from an extended trip in Europe. Mr. Toadman was actually voted friendliest person in Eastridge at last year's fair. And if you ever met him, you'd know the distinction is something he is more than worthy of. Actually, when I used to work at the library, I remember hearing something about him volunteering to read for the unmotivated and lethargic. Yes, a truly charitable task. Anyway, I ran into him at Jeffrey's Pickle Shack last week, and he told me about his travels. I thought his trip to Europe might make for an interesting story. His address is 847 Little Nut Road. You'll find it just past the downtown area. Grab an audio recorder and head over to his house and get an interview. When you're done, get back here and edit the audio together and we'll get your segment on tonight's news. Thank you, Doug. I won't let you down. I'm sure you'll have a great story to tell. Now I'm off to meet a little nugget of a gal at Beefy's Roast Beef. Have fun. Thank you. It's gonna be lit. As Doug walked away, Paige could feel the excitement coursing through her veins. At last, she had been given what she considered a real opportunity. 
She was excited and eager to make the most of the assignment. She closed up her computer, grabbed a notebook and some personal belongings, and then got an audio recorder and a small carrying bag from the station's equipment room. She was just about to head out of the radio station's front entrance when the door to a meeting room opened and out came Hans Dredelman, the host of Just Ask Hans. Hello, Paige. Oh, hi, Hans. And how does the day find you? Good, yeah? Yeah, actually, it does find me good. Super. And how is the show review going? Are you finding material that we could possibly review for a greatest hits episode of Just Ask Hans? I imagine it was quite the task. Actually, Hans, Doug just gave me an assignment. So I need to go and do that and not work on your stuff. Oh, I see. Well, I certainly hope that you get done with the assignment in time to return for the broadcast of my program. I am hoping to break a record for my show and get more than three callers. I really do hope so. It can be very depressing when no one calls. It makes me think no one needs to just ask Hans. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. Sorry, I know this change of plans was unexpected. It is no worries, Paige, but before you depart, can I request that you do one favor for me, especially if you are headed for the downtown area of Eastridge? Uh, sure. What do you need? Just this morning, the Eastridge Nut Emporium called and said the special shipment of my flower sunseeds has arrived. Sunflower seeds. Oh, yeah. I am a silly goose. Honk, honk. My sunflower seeds have arrived. It's just one small bag that weighs about two pounds. It could easily fit into the small equipment bag you have. Save for the stop itself, the inconvenience would be minimal. Would you mind stopping by there and picking up my shipment of sunflower seeds? Yeah, I can do that. Excellent. Thank you. I seem to have developed a taste for sunflower seeds over the years, and the Eastridge Nut Emporium is a great place to get sunflower seeds in many different flavors. My favorite flavor, of course, is sauerkraut, which some people may find to be, how do you say, unsavory? And perhaps even a strong adjective like disgusting may be used to describe them. I'll say. I'm sorry? I'm, I'm not so sure I heard you. Oh, uh, I said all day. I got your back all day. Sunflower seeds, got them. Right. Thank you. I appreciate it. And best of luck on your assignment. Thank you, Hans. Paige politely slipped away. She knew if she had stayed, Hans would continue talking and talking. And she needed to get going on her assignment. She was excited to finally be producing something of merit and didn't want to waste another minute. On her way to the home of Louis Toadman, the man she was to interview, she made the quick stop to the Eastridge Nut Emporium at Hans's request. She hurriedly rushed inside, got his shipment, stuck it in her equipment bag, and was then back in her automobile, heading to the home of Louis Toadman to conduct the interview. The drive did not take very long, and she soon found herself parked in front of Mr. Toadman's home on Little Nut Road. The neighborhood was tucked away from the hustle and bustle of Eastridge. It was quiet, and by this time of the day, the sun had completely set. The cold breeze of fall was in the air, and though she'd been eager to begin the assignment, Paige couldn't help but feel a little nervous as she approached the front door of Mr. Toadman's home. A quick press of the doorbell prompted a voice from within. I'll be right there. The door to the simple ranch home opened, 
and a man dressed in a blue turtleneck and sporting thick glasses stood before her. This was Lewis Toadman, Paige's interview subject for the evening. Um, hi, I'm Paige with Eastridge Public Radio, and I'm here to interview Lewis Toadman, or you, for the Get to Know East Ridge segment for our daily news. Hello, Paige. I've been expecting you. Please come inside. Paige felt a sense of relief from Lewis's friendly welcoming. Earlier, Doug had told Paige that Lewis had previously been awarded friendliest person in Eastridge at the local fair, and Paige was seeing that the title was true as she entered the home. Can I take your coat? Actually, I'll hang on to it. Okay, no problem. Would you like me to adjust the thermostat to compensate then? No, I'm fine, but thank you. My pleasure. Can I get you a beverage or a refreshment? Maybe a soda or a tea? Maybe a slice of coffee cake to go with it. No, I'm fine, really. I appreciate it. All right. Well, why don't we converse in the living room? Lewis led Paige to the living room. She found his home to be cozy and quaint. She sat down on a couch while Lewis sat across from her in an armchair. Paige pulled the audio recorder from her equipment bag and set it on the coffee table that was between them. Should we begin? Why, sure. Record away. And please, don't mind the interruptions that I make to offer you a refreshment, okay? Right. I'll start the recorder. Okay, numbers are rolling, the red light is on. So, Mr. Toadman, um, what can you tell me about your recent trip to Europe? Where to even start? There's so much. How about this? Why go to Europe? Was it something you had wanted to do for a long time? Well, goodness gracious. Blackjack McDowell is throwing out the fastballs right away. Well, I can come up with an easier question. No, no, Paige. I'm just being a cheese. Why did I go to Europe? Hmm. I went to Europe because I wanted to get a little more versed in other cultures. America is terrific, and East Ridge is certainly a little slice of heavenly pie. But I suppose I wanted to see more of the world and learn about new cultures. And where did you go in Europe? You might want to rephrase that question and ask, where didn't I go? (laughs) Oh my, I visited a lot of different countries. I was in London for a little bit. That's in England, of course. Of course. While I was there, I saw Big Ben and the Thames and Piccadilly Circus. I had fish and chips. I then went to France and I stayed in their capital, Paris. While I was there, I visited the Louvre, which is a popular museum with all sorts of artwork. I also saw the Eiffel Tower. I had enough wine and cheese to last me a lifetime. Goodness, yes. I made a little stop in Spain and ran with the bulls. I also made my way to Germany and participated in Oktoberfest, a very popular event that features spirits in lager form. Hmm, what else did I do? There was just so much, it can be hard to remember. Did you get to Italy? No, but I did get a plate of pasta while I was on the plane, and it was served by a hairy man. So I came close, I suppose. What would you say was one of the more memorable moments of your trip? That's a great question, Paige. But I suppose the most memorable thing was when I got turned into a vampire. That was probably top of the list. Oh, exciting. Wait, I'm sorry, did you say when you got turned into a vampire? What does that mean? Well, I got turned into a blood-sucking creature-of-the-night vampire. So, you mean a real vampire? I'm not sure I follow. 
I imagine you're feeling like a confused cupcake with a little icing of disbelief, which is all understandable. I'll elaborate on what happened. As I said, I went to Europe to experience new cultures, customs, and people. I visited many different countries while I was there. I told you about my adventures in England, and Spain, and France, and Germany, but I didn't get the chance to tell you about my journey to the Transylvania region. See, that's sort of the vampire capital of the world, and that's where everything happened. I had no intention of becoming a vampire. No, sir. Can you elaborate? What happened there? Well, I took a train to Romania while I was in Europe. I had planned to have the same experience there that I did with the other nations I visited. And one day while I was venturing through Romania, I saw a brochure which was advertising a guided trip to the Transylvania region to see the Carpathian Mountains. So, in the spirit of trying something new, I contacted the excursionist tour guide and decided to go for it. While I was there, our tour guide took me and a half dozen other tourists on a hike through the lush green forests of the Transylvanian countryside. Well, to make this long story short, it turned out our tour guide was a vampire, and he ended up attacking us. I had no idea that he was one of the blood-sucking undead. Anywho, I survived the slaughter, but I soon found myself enhanced with the powers of a vampire. Really, it's as simple as that. So, you and a half a dozen other tourists took a trip to Transylvania, and while there, you went on an excursion with a tour guide who turned out to be a vampire, and he attacked you and the other tourists, but you survived. Yep, that's an even more compressed version of the story, but it's accurate. Mr. Toadman, are you serious? Hard to believe, I know, but I can feel the vampiric energy in me starting to take hold. I reckon in a matter of seconds, my fangs are going to make an appearance, and that'll probably convince you that I'm not a teller of tall tales. Unfortunately for you, though, it'll be just about dinner time as well. Paige had been doubtful and skeptical of Lewis's story of becoming a vampire. Yet, all of those doubts were quickly vanquished as she witnessed Lewis give a big, teeth-filled smile. Only, the teeth that were showing were not of the non-vampire variety. Rather, these teeth were long and appeared to be very sharp. Paige stared in disbelief. You have... Fangs, I know. So you really are... A vampire, I know. And you just said it was about time... For dinner, I know. And I'm just mighty sorry about this, Paige. It's just a craving that I get that's uncontrollable. That's the way the fang drips. I actually made that one up after I drank the blood of that door-to-door salesman the authorities found earlier. The door-to-door salesman? You mean the recent victim of the East Ridge Ripper? Yep, the same. Are you the East Ridge Ripper? Guilty as charged. It wasn't anything intentional. It just sort of happened. You know, solicitors and all. Paige was stricken with fear. Not only was she in the presence of a vampire, she was also in the presence of a psychopath. Lewis Toadman had told her of his adventures to Europe, and he also told her he had become a vampire. And now he was admitting to being a cold-blooded murderer. Now Paige was stuck. Lewis rose from his seat and began to lurk toward her. His big, teeth-filled smile turned menacing, and his eyes turned yellow and crazed. Mr. Toadman, you're a vampire, and a murderer, and now you're lurking toward me? Please understand that this isn't personal. Are you sure you wouldn't like a refreshment before all of this? Suddenly, Paige saw the fortuitous opportunity she needed. 
A refreshment, she thought. Perhaps the kindness of the now vampiric Louis Toadman could be a bit of an assistance in preventing her demise. You know what? I think I might actually take you up on that offer. Well, I'll say, I finally got you. <laughs> All it took was for death to stare you in the face. Well, little lady, refreshment it is for you, and then a refreshment for me. And suddenly, Lewis's lurking stopped, and his big teeth-filled smile was menacing no more, and his eyes turned from yellow and crazed to normal and welcoming. The vampiric grasp that took hold of Lewis was gone, like the head cheese in a butcher's shop after a zombie shopping spree. Page was filled with relief. Well, what'll it be? I've got apple juice, cranberry juice, coffee, tea, hot or cold, sweet or unsweetened. You know, hot tea would be nice. Page thought that with the time it would take to warm a tea kettle and the inevitable steeping, then the cooling and drinking, that perhaps, possibly, she had purchased a few minutes to think her situation through and hopefully find a way out of it. Hot tea it is. Is green okay? That's my personal favorite. That's perfectly fine, thank you. But alas, Louis Toadman was not to be outmaneuvered when it came to his desire for blood. He looked directly at Paige. His eyes once more turned yellow and menacing. He waved his hand and said, You will not go anywhere. I won't go anywhere. Now you might be asking yourself, or perhaps a friend, what did Louis Toadman just do? You see... Vampires are associated with having things and drinking human blood, sleeping during the day and having an aversion to crucifixes and garlic. But they also have certain powers that not everyone knows about. Some vampires can read minds and some can fly. Some vampires can turn into bats and other disgusting creatures. And some are masters of hypnotism. And that is exactly what Lewis had just done. He knew that Paige had a yearning to escape, but he fixated on the idea of drinking her blood so he made sure she was not to go anywhere. Okay, I'll be back in a jiffy. And as I said, don't go anywhere. No, I won't go anywhere. Lewis scurried into the kitchen, and he began to prepare the tea that Paige had requested. Paige sat in the living room, scared for her safety. She wanted nothing more than to leave Lewis's house and run away from the beast that he was. However... Every time she thought of leaving, the hypnotic spell that Lewis had cast would take hold, and she found herself not moving. I have to get out of here. This guy is nuts, and he's a vampire. But I can't just leave for some reason. This is weird. I'm not sure what to do. I need help. Paige began to think whether or not escape was possible. She had her mobile telephone with her, and she thought instantly of calling the police. But she reconciled that they may not believe her and she knew she didn't have time to debate the situation. She thought of others who may be of help. However, she knew she needed the right person to assist her with a cool, quick efficiency. Someone who would help her. Someone who may know a thing or two about her situation. Someone who was an expert in the paranormal. Then, a possible solution finally presented itself to her. Wait a minute. Hans Drayleman's show is on the air right now. He's an expert when it comes to this kind of thing, and he takes callers. I'll call Hans. He'll have a solution. Paige had put her cell phone into the equipment bag she had brought along. She quickly grabbed for it off of the floor, and after a quick rummaging, retrieved her mobile telephone. She dialed the number for the call-in line to East Ridge Public Radio, and hoped more than anything that she could get through to Hans Dreidelman. 
Come on, pick up, pick up. Yet the line continued to ring and ring. Paige began to feel like her demise was getting closer and closer. Seriously? Right now? Now of all times I'm having a hard time getting through? But just when the situation couldn't seem any more dire, her telephone call was answered. Hello, you've reached Just Ask Hans. I am Hans Stradelman. How may I help you? Hans, it's me, Paige. Paige? You mean Paige who works here at the radio station with me? Yes, it's me. Oh, what a treat. Listeners, this is Paige. She is actually a production assistant for Just Ask Hans. Paige always does an incredible job assisting my broadcast. She is truly... Listen, Hans, I'm sorry, but I need your help. Paige, you sound in distress. Is everything okay? No, far from it. Remember how I told you I had a special assignment and couldn't help you with your show? I do, Paige. Well, listen, Hans. I was given an assignment where I had to interview someone for the Get to Know East Ridge segment for the morning news. I was told to interview Louis Toadman. Oh, I know Louis. He is a very nice man. Yeah, he actually was very welcoming. But something's happened. I found out that he's a vampire and the East Ridge Ripper. Oh, Paige, I find that so difficult to, how do you say, digest? But I am curious to hear more. Look, I don't have much time. He's a vampire, and he's going to suck blood. He offered to make me tea before he, you know, does his thing. So he's distracted with that. But that's only going to keep him busy for another few minutes. I need help. Why not simply leave? Well, he told me not to go anywhere. He told you not to go anywhere? But why not just leave? Paige, you are strong and independent and under the spell of no one. Oh, wait a minute. And as Hans was speaking, his expertise in all things paranormal kicked in. He soon realized that Paige had been hypnotized by Lewis. I have just realized something, Paige. You have been hypnotized. Hypnotized? Uh, I don't know about that, Hans. I'm not usually the type of person who falls for those sorts of things. Paige, you must listen to me now, especially if time is of the essence. The simple answer to your problem is to leave. However, if you find yourself unable to do so, then you must be under the spell of the vampire's hypnotic abilities. He didn't hypnotize me, Hans. He just told me not to go anywhere. I'm not sure where you're getting this hypnotized thing from. Okay, Paige, we will discuss that at another time. Right now, though, I need you to tell me a few things. Are you in the vampire's house? Yes. Are you restrained in any way? No. But you cannot leave? Right. He told me to stay. Okay. Then you must break his spell over you if you are to exit. Spell? See, the hypnosis thing, Hans. I'm just not buying it. Paige, please. Do you have anything of use with you? Maybe a crucifix or a large cluster of garlic? Or maybe a big bottle of holy water? Uh, no. I've just got the equipment bag, my cell phone, the audio recorder, some batteries, a few SD cards. Oh, and your bag of... Sunflower seeds. Oh, that is excellent. Now, one thing that is a little-known weakness for vampires is that they suffer from obsessive-compulsive disorder. That means their well-being is easily mired by a need to overly obsess over things that they feel are in... How do you say? Disarray? I think I follow. I mean... His house is pretty tidy and well-kept, but how does that help me? Almost ready, Paige. Hans, the kettle went off. I don't have much time. Well, listen carefully. This is what you need to do to break the vampire's spell of hypnosis over you. 
I want you to take as big a handful of sunflower seeds as you can. When he comes into the room, throw them on the ground. His compulsion will create a need within him to pick up the scattered sunflower seeds. This will not only break the spell of hypnosis he has over you, but it will create enough time for you to escape. Right now, Paige, you must trust me. Do this, and you will be able to escape. Tea is ready, Paige. I'm coming back. He's on his way, Hans. I'll try the sunflower seeds. Good luck, Paige. I am rooting for you to live. Paige ended the call with Hans and tucked her cell phone away. She reached into the equipment bag she had brought with her and found the bag of sunflower seeds that Hans had her pick up and was now telling her to use to break Lewis's hold over her. She tore open the bag and grabbed a handful of the seeds. Just as Lewis Toadman was returning from the kitchen with a mug of hot tea in his hands. Well, Paige, I've got a nice mug here of hot green tea for you to enjoy before your demise. That's so nice of you. I just happened to have something for you as well. You do? A gift? For me? Lewis's friendly disposition changed as he saw Paige raise her hand and throw the sunflower seeds onto the floor. The sunflower seeds went everywhere, creating quite the mess. One that even a mortal human would be irritated by. Paige! What did you do? Lewis quickly set down the mug of hot tea. He then dropped to his hands and knees and began trying to pick up the mess of sunflower seeds. Paige suddenly felt something within her change. She felt an ability that she hadn't had since Lewis had gone into the kitchen. She felt the ability to leave. With Lewis's attention now on the sunflower seeds, the hypnotic trance that Paige was under was no more. Well, Mr. Toadman, good luck with all that. Wait a minute, Paige. Where are you going? Oh, blast, you broke the hypnosis, and you caused this mess. Oh, my. This is going to take a minute. Would you... Oh, I think I got some under the coffee table. Would you mind waiting? Sorry, Lewis, but I've got a story to tell, especially now. Oh, and I've got some more sunflower seeds for you. Lewis's request went unheeded as Paige took one more handful of sunflower seeds and threw them in another section of the living room. Wait, no! Oh, not over there! There's a vent! I'll be going through that all night to try and find these things. Paige then got up grabbed the audio recorder, which had been recording the whole event, and quickly exited Lewis Toadman's house. She got into her automobile, notified the authorities of what Lewis Toadman actually was, and then made her way to the studios of Eastridge Public Radio. Relieved to still be alive and to have all of her blood, Paige buried herself in her computer and began to edit together a story for that night's news broadcast. It was a little different than what was originally assigned to her, but Doug, the station manager, was ecstatic and made it the top story. Eastridge Public Radio News, bringing you the top stories, even if it kills us. Good evening, listeners. I'm Curtis Baxter, and this is Eastridge Public Radio News. Our top story tonight comes from our newest junior reporter, Paige Booker. Paige's story played over the airwaves of Eastridge Public Radio. It was a smashing success and the talk of the town. She received praise from not only the listeners, but also from her colleagues. That evening, Paige went home feeling excited, motivated, and optimistic that maybe she could in fact make it as a reporter for the radio station. The next day, Paige was back in her cubicle at the radio station. She was working more diligently than she had in the past when her co-worker, Theodore, approached her. 
Hey, Paige. Hey, Theodore. So, how does it feel to be the toast of the town? Eh, whatever. All I did was tell an honest news story. Yeah, well, last night at Fisherman's Wharf, everyone was talking about how captivating your news story was. And they were right. You did a great job. Aw, uh, thank you, Theodore. No problem. So I hear you're moving up in the ranks, huh? Yeah, Doug promoted me to junior reporter. Congratulations! That's awesome! What's your first assignment? Well, my first assignment is to do a story about some guy who is a skipping advocate. Apparently, he does these demonstrations that teach people how to skip and advocates it as an exercise. But before that, I'm actually going to help Hans finish his Greatest Hits episode. Ah, oh, Paige, why? Not to sound like a jerk, but isn't that something you can pass off to someone else? Especially now that you're a reporter. I could, sure. And I know in the past you could say I was pretty negative about Hans and his show. But after last night, I realized that help can come from some really unexpected places, and sometimes you should just ask Hans. Well, it sounds like everything wrapped up nicely for Paige. She survived the clutches of a lunatic and was given a job promotion. The American Dream, yes? We certainly hope you enjoyed this tale of suspense brought to you by Volumes of Fear. And of course, we must thank our gracious presenter, Vivacomp Media. Now, I suppose it is time to... Yes, Winston? Uh, Mr. Piedmont, we have a caller! We... we do? I... I mean, uh, of course we do. We... we get calls all the time, and in fact we get so many we rarely take them. Ah, let's put it through. Shall we? Okay, here he is! Uh, hello, you're on the air with Piedmont Montgomery and Volumes of Fear. Um, hello? Did did I get through? Am I through? Yes, Carla, you're on the air. Now, who am I speaking with? This is Borax the Terrible from the dimension of the great beyond. Oh my, that sounds rather unique. And, Vorix, where are you calling from? Um, You said the dimension of the great beyond, yes? That's right. I exist in a dimension where suffering is commonplace. The yells of the innocent are music to our ears. I am one of the leaders of my people. We are a race of beings that plan to annihilate your dimension and feast on your mortal souls. That doesn't sound pleasant. No, it does not! Sounds rather pessimistic, really. Um, um, Vorix, is, is there something I can help you with? I just wanted to call and tell you I'm a huge fan of Volumes of Fear. Oh, really? Oh, you bet. I'm such a fan. I think Ulrich's Myths and Fast Food from Season 1 was my favorite. I felt that episode was really underrated. And, of course, the first time I saw a ghost, I think it's just so creative. Never saw the twist coming. And there be a banshee in the pantry is such a banger. Well, you certainly are well-versed in our catalogue of chaos. Yes, and what I was saying earlier... About existing in the dimension where suffering is common, and, and the yells of the innocent and eventual annihilation, and all that. Yes. What if I told you that you and Winston could be spared from drowning in the fiery lakes that will engulf your world? I suppose I'd be all ears. Well... What if I were to... maybe... <laughs> Forget it. I, I don't have the chops for it. No, no, please. Vorix, go go right ahead. Well, I was going to say... 
what if I guaranteed your safety? If maybe I could help out with the show? You you want to, to join us? Like, as an on-air talent? Uh, well, uh, yeah. What would you like to do specifically? Just help out. You know, maybe with intros or closings, really anything. And of course, you and Winston would be spared from the eventual onslaught that my people will bring with them. Well, Vorix, I, I don't know. Hire him! Okay, I'm sure we could find something for you to do, yes? Oh, excellent. I'm just tickled. Indeed. Well, please plan to be here next week, and you will get the opportunity to help out. Fantastic. I'll see you then. Goodbye, Piedmont. Goodbye, Winston. Bye, Vorix! It looks like we've got some new talent. This will certainly be an adventure. Well, I think we should wrap things up, yes? Very well. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Volumes of Fear. As always, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. A special thank you goes out to Vivacomp Media for everything they do with the production of these shows. Until next time, listeners, share the scare and like the lunacy. This episode of Volumes of Fear featured the acting talents of Shannon Riley, J.C. Rositas, Andy Collins, Josh Berkey, Derek DeBoer, and Squirrel. It was produced by Andy Collins and J.C. Rositas with David Thompson serving as co-producer. This episode was written by Andy Collins. Audio editing and original music was by J.C. Rositas. The artwork was created by Derek DeBoer. Additional Foley work was by Swirl. This episode was presented by Vivacomp Media. Visit them online at vivacomp.net. Follow Volumes of Fear on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs>